Uh, this morning, uh, we are uh, concluding this whole series on thankfulness. Uh, we, we were in a series, I just call it thank, uh, Thankful for God's Gifts, based in 2 Corinthians uh, 9.15. But thanks be to God for His inexpressible gift, who is Christ Himself and what Christ did for it. For us, and as we go into the week when we celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, I am thinking about this idea: uh, is that I am thankful. Now what? Thankfulness should result in something. In fact, that's kind of what I want you to take home with you today. Thankfulness produces action, and I'm basing today's sermon uh, as a just as a text in Second Corinthians five seventeen, a familiar verse to everyone, but it says this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so we ought to be very thankful for what Christ did for us and that he took us out of that order of Adam, that order of decay and death, that uh, order of sin, and transferred us into the kingdom of Christ, made us a new creation so that we're made now in the image of Christ and we are uh, growing in that image every day. Uh, and, And so... We ought to be thankful, but as we're thankful, we ought to know for what we are thankful. I appreciate Daniel making that film and, and listing some things he's thankful for. Uh, some of those are uh, I agree with as well. My father uh, was in the Navy in World War II, and uh, during Veterans Day this year, uh, we had to go all virtual, and so we failed to recognize and be thankful publicly for our veterans. But I want you to know that I am very thankful for you. The reason we can lay our heads in peace at night on a pillow is because violent men are ready to do action on our behalf. And I am grateful for that, that uh, many men uh, that serve do it out of a sense of gratitude, of being thankful for being born in a nation uh, that is free and which they can believe in and so therefore defend. And right now we have an all-volunteer military. And, uh, and so the guys that are serving are there because they want to be. And uh, I appreciate all you that are veterans and that have served or maybe are still serving. Uh, Thank you so much. But our thankfulness ought to produce actions. And so as I thought about that idea, I thought about what actions as Christians should we be taking. And it kind of, uh, though I didn't put this verse down, uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2 is often in my mind and close there, uh, where it says we lay our our whole body is a, a sacrifice on an altar uh, if that this is what we ought to do. And of course, it's not a, a literal laying our bodies on an altar and being burnt, uh, but it is a figurative thing where every member of our body no longer belongs to us, but belongs to God and ought to be used in a way that glorifies him. And so that's my thinking today. And so the first thing I want you to think about is that we ought to be thankful First of all, with our words. That one just pops in our mind. Now, words can have a lot of meaning or they can be meaningless. Uh, The words always have meaning, but the speaker might not mean it. You know what I mean? There there are people that say things they don't really mean. We just had an election. We heard a lot of that. Uh, We heard out-and-out lies. We knew they were lies when they were saying them. We heard... Promises we hope they'll keep, you know, and, and uh, that, that happens every election cycle. And, and so what we speak, the Bible says, ought to be right words. It ought to be real words. But we ought to show gratitude even with our mouth. I, I, just as a confession, uh, I come from a sarcastic family, and I got a sarcastic 
streaking me about wider than I am. And so uh, you can't have that and be a pastor, by the way. <laughs> I learned that early. Uh, and, and so I have to tamp that down a lot. But what, but what I realize is sometimes in that, it, 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 sounds, it sounds ungrateful when you uh, become a sarcastic or you allow yourself to go that way. And so we ought to be thankful with, with our mouths. And, and one of the things I want you to think about, and this is Psalm 149.6, and I'll remind you that this outline with the reference, at least, is uh, on the app and on the website. And so you can go there if you have that available to you right now. You can go there and look at it with me together. But our mouths are meant to praise God. I, I love this verse. I, I, I had never read it where I noticed it. And I heard a guy say it one time many, many uh, years ago. Uh, and it's Psalm 149.6. It says, Let the high praises of God be in their throats and a two-edged sword in their hands. Wow, what a picture. God calls us to be warriors for him. And, of course, the Bible says in Hebrews 4 that the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing even to the asunder of soul and spirit and joint and marrow as a, thought, as a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart. When we look in Revelation, when Jesus comes back, he will come back and it says, and a two-edged sword comes out of his mouth. And with that, he will slay the nations. And, and uh, I don't know how figurative and literal that is I do believe his words and what he says that will happen but that's how John described it to us that the word of God and Jesus is the living word of God out of his mouth comes a two-edged sword and Hebrews 4 says that this word of God is also a two-edged sword that can divide asunder but in here in Psalm 149 it says the high praises of God ought to be in our mouth that's where we ought to be living we ought to be thanking God every morning for just waking up I said that uh, during this series of sermons and I would remind you of that just getting up in the morning and and by the way I don't believe waking up in the morning is the greatest thing could happen I believe waking up in the morning in heaven would be the greatest thing could happen but waking up here we ought to be grateful Paul said to go and be with Christ is better for me to stay here is good for you I'm not sure what to do, but I've decided I'll stay with y'all a little longer. I don't know how God gave him that choice, but somehow God said, Paul, you can go on home if you want to, or you can stay there. He said, I'll stay here. They still need me a little bit longer. Wow, you know? So every morning when you do wake up on this side of glory, it's still a great day because it gives you another opportunity, another time period in which you can honor and serve God. And so you ought to be grateful for the day that God has made. The Bible says, uh, this is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And then, secondly, I would say our mouths were meant to testify of God's grace and God's mercy and God's abundant blessing on us. Psalm 89.1 says, I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. With my mouth, I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you ought to be telling your children, your grandchildren, the stories of what God has done for you and in your life. When I look back uh, in the history of my family, I am so thankful. I, I, there are just these moments of time, and I'm, I'm not saying you've got to go buy a subscription to a, to a genealogy research place. You want to do that? That's great. But, but just out of your own parents and your grandparents, you learn that, that uh, there came that moment when you might not would have got here. You know what I mean? You, they could have married someone else or, or they, my grandfather was the only surviving member of all his brothers and sisters, the only one who lived to adulthood. 
uh, they all died young. And, of course, this was uh, a long time ago, and uh, in the 1880s, uh, actually. So, uh, you can imagine. And so I'm just grateful my granddad survived and married my grandma. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then they had six children, which my mom was number five. Uh, so that was close call. And, uh, and, and, he, and here I am. And I just am thankful that God worked all that out so that I, I'm here and I can serve him. So you ought to just thank God for your family and, and understand that you are meant to testify of God's grace. And that's just a simple thing. I mean, not only that he let you get here, but then that he would save you. I mean, that's what we're truly thankful for. That's why the theme of this whole series has been 2 Corinthians 9.15. But thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. It, it, it's beyond words to say it. But we ought to testify of his mercy and his grace. Thankful that we can still meet like we're meeting right now. If COVID didn't teach us anything else, says we got to get outside these walls. Okay, because, uh, you know, it, it may come that we live in the People's Republic of the United States at some point, And we won't be allowed to meet like this. That can happen. You say, oh, never. <laughs> a lot of things happened today we said never about, and here they are. And so don't, don't take that for granted. That Most of our brothers and sisters around the world cannot meet like we meet. And so we ought to be thankful that we can still do this. And we ought to exercise that right uh, vigorously, I would say. And so we, with our mouth, we're meant to testify. God has given us an opportunity. He's given us a freedom. And, and if we abuse that freedom, if we lose that, we'll lose that freedom. I, I think about the Jewish people in the Old Testament. I'm, in reading through the Bible, I'm into some prophets right now that are like, God says, I did this for you, I did this for you, and I did this for you, and you just ignored me and went this way, so I'm going to take it all back. And I'm afraid that when something, when you're as free and have as many gifts as we have, we forget those things. And so we ought to be thankful for God's gifts and testify of the gifts he's given to us. And then the Bible says that our mouths are meant to bless. Now it means bless God and bless others. I mean both by that. But I'm quoting James 3, 9 through 10, or reading it. It says, with it, talking about our mouth, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brother, these things ought not be so. James is telling us you ought not be cursing men because men are made in the image of God. That's why we are against uh, bigotry and prejudice because the Bible says that we all, of all men, we came from one man. God has made all the nations from one man. And he doesn't have a preferred race, by the way. He doesn't have a preferred people except for those who belong to him. And that includes everybody that comes in faith to Christ. And so he loves us with an everlasting love and he's washing and ironing us, preparing us for heaven. But we are supposed to bless others. We are supposed to find a blessing word. Did I mention that sarcastic streak I have? So that's a, that's a real hard thing sometimes for me. I would rather be uh, a little bit caustic, a little bit ugly, rather than be blessing. But God commands us to bless and not to curse others. And that's an easy thing for us to get out. So this Thanksgiving, as you're coming to it, and, and uh, uh, you ought to, to figure out a way you can bless someone else. There may be someone, um, there are college students that, that maybe can't go home that, that you may know about. There may be someone who's lost all their relatives. They're alone. You can have them to your home for Thanksgiving and, and to give thanks. And we can show that by blessing other people, but with our mouths, we are meant to bless others. And then our mouths are meant to edify. And that means to encourage and build up one another. 
Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Did you hear that? We shouldn't be running the other people down or each other down. He says, don't even let corrupting talk come out of your mouth. But only that which builds the body that is good for people, that encourages them, helps them. Now, this isn't a false building up. Uh, you know, there, there's that idea of just everybody's good, and we know that's not true, but sometimes we need correction and other things. But he says, no corrupting talk. Don't do something that tears somebody down. Even if it's something that is difficult to hear, you ought to say it in such a way and be willing to help them, encouraging them to build them up, to make them stronger, to help them get through something. And so this week, and especially Thanksgiving, we're to be thankful with our words. We ought to be thankful with our deeds, what we do. And these kind of begin to bleed into each other. But we were created to do good deeds, according to Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So the Bible lets us know that God made us, and, he, and he'd already planned out the good works that you and I could walk in or we could do. You know, the Bible uses the term walking as a manner of living. Uh, how you're walking is how you're conducting your life. And so here in Ephesians, when he says that in, in chapter 2 and verse 10, he's, he's saying, you don't have to look for them. I've already got them ready for you. God's already lined it up. You know, he's got it prepared for you to do. And all you have to do is walk it with him and you will be walking in that path and doing those works. God has given you good things to do. Our problem is sometimes we see that, you know, I could do something about that, but I just don't feel like it. I just don't want to do it. Or I, I can't be bothered. Or I don't know what to do. You'll let fear get you. You'll let doubt get you. Or you'll just let uh, uh, don't want to be bothered get to you. And so we are made to do those good works because we are made as new creations. And so we ought to be thankful with our deeds. When we were in Adam, there was nothing good we could do. When we were born in Adam, the Bible says that we are totally corrupt. Our heart is deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. No one can know it. There's none that seek after God, none who search for him. And so we could not do, we are totally depraved. There's nothing we could do that looked good to God. Then he saved you. And now, as the Holy Spirit works in you, what you do has eternal significance and eternal results, eternal repercussions, if I can try to use a big word without stumbling over it. We, we are a brand new creation. And, and in Colossians 3, he says this, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all, put, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. God made us a new creation and not in order to do good works, but in order to come together as a body because we're many members of one body and we'll see a verse about that in a minute but we are we are one body and are made new creations we're brand new and if you can't be thankful that God took away the old and made us new he took us it says in uh, the same book in Colossians 1 he took us out of the kingdom of darkness and placed us in the kingdom of light it says we're being changed from glory to glory as, but right now we're looking through a glass darkly but one day we're going to see Jesus as he is and he'll finish that work in that moment and so, as I want to read this verse again, because I want you to catch this. Put on these, uh, put on then as God's chosen ones. 
There's a reason to be thankful that God, that you're a chosen one of God, that you are holy and beloved, put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bear with one another, forgive uh, if, if there's a, a reason to forgive, and above all things, put on love. And so, as being thankful with our deeds means that we recognize we're new creations and we walk in that way. And then, here's, here's something you may not know is in the Bible. God made us to work hard. <laughs> so with our body, we do good deeds. Just If you get up and go to work in the morning, that is for a Christian, that is an act of worship. By the way, everything a Christian does ought to be an act of worship. We, kind of, we try to separate in our minds sometimes the secular and the sacred. That, is that good or bad? Is that good or bad? Listen, for the Christian, all, every bush is a burning bush. All ground is holy ground. Why do you say that, Pastor? I say that because what did God say in the burning bush? Take off your shoes because where you're standing is holy ground. Why was it holy? Because God was there in the bush, right? Well, where does God live now? And I know there's uh, two right answers. What the, the Father and the Son are seated in heaven. But the third person of the Trinity is in the church and in the believers of, in that church, right? So wherever you step, you're taking God with you. So all ground is now holy ground. Every bush is a burn bush. I, I, I know of a pastor, he took his shoes off his whole life. He's an older man now. Every time he preached, he took off his shoes. I don't want to smell that while I'm preaching, so I don't, but... And it's a symbolic thing. He didn't have to do it, but it just, it reminded him that, you know, he, he was reminding himself that he was bringing God's word to God's people. And, and, and I appreciate that. But the fact is, you can leave your shoes on and you're still on holy ground. But you better be mindful of that fact, that you carry God with you everywhere you go if you're a believer. And so for the, for the believer and, and doing these good deeds, we ought to work hard. And so go, I, I took a rabbit trail to tell you that, Going to work ought to be an act of worship for you. And working at work ought to be an act of worship. And how do you want to treat your boss who is God? Because your boss isn't a man. Your boss is God if you're a Christian. And so the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 9, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. There's no work or thought or knowledge or wisdom where you're going. Once you're dead, you don't have an opportunity to do that, is what he's saying. But right now, you can activate your intellect. You can activate your body. You can activate the facilities God has given you, the faculties God's given you, to be able to serve him by hard work. And there's nobility in that. There is honor in that. And, uh, and that is part of the, the whole culture of our nation uh, up to, uh, for most of us still. But uh, there's a growing idea that somebody else ought to pay for it. But... The idea in the Bible is that we ought to work hard. And then thirdly, we ought to be thankful with ministry. If we're speaking thankful thoughts and good thoughts because we're thankful, if we're, if, we are, if we're doing good things because of what God's done, then we ought to do those good things in ministry. And that means in helping someone else specifically. Why? Well, first of all, because God made us part of the, a body. And again, in Colossians 3, 15 7 through 17, it says, Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body. Now check that out. God sees the church as, as a whole, as a unit. We are not split and divided and separated out. Men do that. You know, we, we have Second Harmony Baptist Church. Because they couldn't get along in the first one even though their name was Harmony, and so they split up, went 
and made another one. That's, that's a joke, y'all. I need people with cue cards. Laugh now. I'm sorry. But, but listen to that. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, indeed, to which indeed you were called in one body. In other words, we act as a unit. We act as a whole. And be thankful. Wow. We let God's peace come into the body and give us that one heart. And in that, he says, and be thankful. We're supposed to be thankful in that point. And then he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching, admonishing one another. Oh, that speaking part. In all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, Pastor Andy. Which, th- with thankfulness in your heart. Wait, man, that thankfulness keeps coming up, doesn't it? To, and thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him three times he says be thankful and he talks about as a body together we minister to one another we're teaching and we are learning through our singing even uh, those things are rich uh, I, I appreciate pastor andy everybody has a a preference when it comes to how music sounds there are certain sounds that people call music that i would never even call music but they do and they like it and that's good that's called a preference there's some music I like that you won't, wouldn't like and you wouldn't get anything out of it. But I like it and it speaks to me. And, and everybody is that way. So I really appreciate Pastor Andy because he wants to know what's it saying. Because the purpose of music is to say the truth and teach and encourage one another in what we're saying as we sing. Well, why does God set it to music? Because we remember it better when we sing it. I've heard kids sing great doctrinal truths because they learned it in a song. Uh, Just, you know, some simple little church chorus or something. But they get it then. And and they understand it. And guess what? Grown-ups are just bigger kids. And that's how we learn as well. And we remember it better. And so here he says, richly teaching. Christ dwells in us richly teaching, admonishing one another in all wisdom while we're singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and with thankfulness in our hearts. Three times in that passage he says being thankful. And he talks a lot in that particular short passage about singing. But we are to do that with our mouths in teaching all things. Now, I'm not against having some good music to good teaching. That's, a, that's also a plus. But, but, you know, if you don't like the song we're singing, hold on. We're going to sing another one in a minute. You might like that one. So don't get all bent out of shape. And people get crazy about music. I don't know why. But uh, uh, anyhow, uh, being thankful in ministry. Also, God made us to use our gifts to build up the body. He didn't make you a part of the body for you to uh, just be a paralyzed part of the body. He made you to be active in the nutrition, the building up, the strengthening of the body. And we know, and, and God uses this idea to get us to understand in the body, you need good nutrition, you need good exercise, and you need good rest. And as a spiritual body, we need those things. The Bible talks about us being at rest because we're in Christ. The Bible talks about that this is the meat and the milk of the Word of God. This is our nutrition. It talks about breathing in the Spirit. He talks about us uh, uh, doing those things, having that exercise, having that nutrition, and serving one another and helping one another, and also having the rest that I, that I mentioned. And so listen to this uh, verse. It's Romans twelve six. 
having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And then he goes into a list of verses, there, a list of verses, a list of things in those verses, uh, different gifts. And he says, but use them. And, and in Corinthians, he says, use them for the building up of the body. It is for the body to be blessed. You're a part of the body that, that is different than the part I am. And, and, and different churches have different parts of being in the bigger body of Christ. And so we have to do those things that God has given us to do to build up each other. And we do that with thankfulness. And then we should minister to strangers. If we're really thankful, we ought to be ministering to strangers. Hebrews 13 two says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. God, God sort of got this um, secret shopper program going. He'll, he'll send you somebody that you could minister to. And many times that person won't look like somebody you want to minister to. You'll want to turn your back on them. You'll want to say something ugly about them. Like, you know, whatever. You, 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 you'll let, again, fear. or I don't know what to do. I'm not sure if it's the right thing. God says, be careful you entertain strangers. If you read the New Testament, there, there's a lot there that we're supposed to do in the body to help each other, encourage one another. But it's never for our sake. I think this is where we get off track. There, there, I've, I've seen, heard of, and even been in churches where there are people, and sometimes they have enough influence to influence the whole church, where everything that happens there, they want it for their own good. Now, we receive good in the church, and we ought to be giving good to one another. I've read those verses. We'll be teaching one another, encouraging one another, loving one another, correcting one another, helping one another, all those things. But, it's, but why would you strengthen the body? God didn't make Christianity to be a bodybuilding contest. You know, there are people that, that do that. They make their bodies look good, and then they get on stage and pose, and whoever looks the best supposedly wins. You've heard of this, right? Y'all are looking at me funny. Okay, you go, where's he going to go next? You know. And then there are people that exercise their body to accomplish a certain task. Throwing a javelin or a discus or a basketball or a baseball or a football or running a long distance or doing something. They've got a purpose behind their training. God has given us a purpose behind our training. We get healthy as a body in order to do something with that body. And so one of the things as a church you're to do, it says esteem others better than yourself. Uh, Bring the stranger in, take care of them, make sure that they uh, are ministered to. And God says, and I got a secret shopper program going, I'll send you an angel every once in a while just to see how you're doing. I'm saying that kind of loosely, but you get the point, right? And so never, never, you know, uh, in, in new members class, sometimes I've taught. Some people say, I don't like a big church. Big church is unfriendly. No, an unfriendly church is unfriendly. Don't put the, the wrong adjective on that. Friendly churches are friendly. Unfriendly churches are unfriendly no matter their size. In fact, when you got a bigger church, you say, well, yeah, but people won't know that I'm a visitor and so they'll ignore me. Well, tell them, hey, I'm a visitor. What's going on? I guarantee you have 10 people try to help you, right? But, what, but I, I just, this is for illustration purposes. How many of y'all have ever been in a really small church? Less than 100 people. Okay. If it's your first time in that church and you walk in, here's what you see happening. Who's that? What's, do you know them? Where are they? And they see you doing this. Do you know that? 
And you wonder, well, what, what, did I bathe? What's going on? Did something on? And you feel funny, don't you? That's unfriendly. You see a stranger, you don't start going, do you know who that is? You go, hey, I never met you. My name's Stuart. What's your name? And you introduce yourself, right? That's how you do hospitality. And then you, come on in, sit with me. Let me take you out to eat. Find out about them, learn about them, love on them. And so, as a body, if we're thankful, we will take care of those who are not part of us. In fact, I forgot who said it, but a very famous theologian said, a uh, preacher, somebody said, the church is the only organization that exists for those who are not members of it. You got to understand that. We don't exist for ourselves. We exist for God. And God's all about the world, hearing the gospel and us ministering to that world. That is our purpose. That is our point of being here. We are called by God to become his disciple and carry his message out to the world. Now, our assignment immediately is right here, but we don't know how far our influence may go. And in our modern world with electronics and everything, our, our ability to reach out is so far extended now that it would blow our minds if we ever stopped and thought about it. And so don't, let's not be forgetful. So we ought to be thankful and we ought to be showing that with our words, with our deeds, and we ought to be showing it in ministry to one another and those outside. So I want to ask you a few questions maybe to help bring this to a close. First of all, it's not a question. The first one is you ought to decide and use your mouth to honor God. As I told you, I have to clamp down sometimes. And I, I do like to talk. So the Bible says in, in making many words there lacks not sin. So uh, it's, it's very easy to do that when you talk too much. But we need to decide, but I'm going to guard what I say. A man that I call the wisest man in the world is now with the Lord in glory. If you asked him a question, he never answered immediately. I don't mean he made you wait days. He would just look away. And then he'd turn around and answer. He was just stopping himself. He wanted to make sure what he said was glorifying to God. In fact, I know what he did when he looked away. He was praying, Lord, I don't have wisdom. Tell me what to say. Give me the words. And so decide that this week you're going to use your mouth to honor and bless God. And by doing so, you're going to bless and honor others. Secondly, what can you do to help someone and show your thankfulness to God this week? Surely there's someone that you know of that needs your help. And so maybe you want to do something to help someone. And then where are you continuously and commonly using your abilities in ministry. God gave you a gift. I called it abilities here. But he gave you an ability and a gift. And he gave you so much that you're supposed to use in the body. Where are you doing that? And if you're not doing that, then you've got to find that place. God's got a place for everyone here. There's no one that doesn't have something they can do. And it may not be the thing that everybody sees. You may be doing something nobody ever notices that you did it except you. But that's okay, because you're not doing it for us, each other. We're doing it for God. And if God is pleased, it doesn't matter who else knows about it. Because there was, there, speaking of music, there was a song in the 70s called O Buddha, sung by the Imperials. I don't know if you ever heard it. But in the chorus, he says, he talks about different religions. And, and he talks about Confucianism and Islam and all these others. In the chorus, they, they pick one of those and says, because it won't be, Muhammad you stand before in the judgment day 
or it won't be Buddha you stand before in the judgment day. Or it won't be a particular denomination you stand, you're going to stand before God. That's who you have to please. And that's to whom we are thankful. Because every good gift and every perfect gift comes from God, from the Father of light, in whom there's no variableness nor shifting shadow. And so every, good, every gift we have is good, and everything we have we ought to thank God for. That's what it says in Thessalonians, be thankful in all things, right? So that's whether we recognize it as good or not. And so are you using your abilities here in ministry? Are you helping other people? And are you saying things that encourage and help other people in their walk with Christ? Would you pray with me? Lord, we do live in a, a, a convoluted time right now, Lord. There are people that call good evil and evil good. There are those who speak lies as truth and truth as lies. There are those who, who would say that you are not real. That uh, Indeed, we live in days when they say, where's the promise of his coming? Because they think the world since creation has continued as it is, but they fail to recognize that you've judged us once and you're going to judge it again. You promised that, that one day you will judge it in fire. There is a coming day where you judge the whole world. And Lord, we don't know as individuals here or as a nation today what we will face in the coming days. But we do know this, that whatever we face, we're called to be faithful to you. Because we can't, nobody's going to get out of this life alive anyway. We're all going to die. And, and when we do, we'll see who the real judge is. We'll stand before you and give an account to you. Not to a parent. Not to a sibling, not to a friend, not to an authority, not to a boss. We're going to give an account to you. And so, Lord, first of all, make us a grateful people. And then, Lord, in our gratitude, may we exercise the gifts you've given us because thankfulness results in action. If we're thankful, we will use what we've been giving, given to honor and glorify you.